let's turn to Deuteronomy and chapter 30. We'll start reading here in verse 11. Um, For this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven uh, and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Um, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. If we just go down to verse 19 now. Uh, and I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, um, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. And so we read here this this incredible, simple direction from the Lord, don't we? This wonderful, I guess, commandment just to basically trust that the commandment that God has given us, the children of Israel back then, but also to us today, is that it's not far away. It's not impossible for us to get to but it's right here in the midst of us and praise the lord we know for us that it's the the word of god that we can claim that we can read that we can understand and that's backed up by incredible signs following within our life we receive the holy spirit we speak in other tongues as the bible commands we can pray for people that will be healed and set free and god works incredible things uh in our life as, as our brother just testified there as well but i guess i really this uh, the title of my talk is to choose the path of life and we have this this very simple commandment from the lord here that we just follow after him and well let's go over to matthew chapter 7 now in the new testament matthew chapter 7 and we know the uh i guess we get this sense that this the commandment is quite easy it's quite simple just to follow after and 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 do but it i just I guess there's a bit of context here that jesus christ brings into how we walk on that path. So we start reading here, uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. Enter you in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Um, And so we see here this, I guess just this categorization that finding the Lord is something that requires a little bit of effort on our behalf. You can't just get swept up in the crowd and in the masses of what's going on. You can't just go, well, they're all doing this, so I'll follow after them, and and that will surely lead me in the right direction. Where Jesus Christ is saying here, actually the way to righteousness is is pretty specific. You have to follow after it. And and it talks about here about the, the gate and the path being straight. It's actually talking about it's quite quite constrained and quite quite narrow and I guess that encourages us to be diligent that when we find the path of righteousness that we really stick to it you think about I guess 
Well, actually, we went for a bit of a walk this morning and part of the walk is going down through this narrow path and you, it's, you've got to make sure that you're paying attention. There's rocks and there's, there's tree roots and there's slippery mud and there's all this sorts of stuff and it crosses over a narrow bridge. You can't just go and walk without using your eyes and using your senses to be aware of where you are because you're going to trip and stumble and fall. And I guess that's the instruction here that Jesus Christ gives to us. In fact, he goes on to talk about um, false prophets, and we, we kind of heard about that on uh, on Wednesday night here. We might just pick it up in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 7 here. It says that not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Um, it, it goes on to talk about that many will say, haven't we done all these incredible things? Haven't we perceived that we've done these marvelous things in your name, but he tells them to go away because you're actually workers of iniquity. You haven't actually followed after the simple commandment that God's given you. And I guess it's that reminder for us that with our walk in the Lord, we have to be quite specific about it. We can't just go on and get swept up in life and go, yep, I go to church on Sundays and maybe some Wednesday nights and all that sort of stuff. I read my Bible. I believe in God. Um, there's a lot of people out there that believe in God, but we, we read and we understand that there is actually a very specific way that God says that you have to follow after me. And there's proof that comes into your life. And we're going to get to it later on, but particularly about aligning ourselves up with the Word of God because that's the one true thing that doesn't change. We have the Holy Spirit in our life as well, which guides and directs us. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, that's something that you should definitely sort out because it, well, as Brother Mark talked about, there's no argument there. <laughs> there was absolute truth that he knew that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And there's no arguments then between, well, we know that this is the Word of God because you've got the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. So definitely something that you should follow after there and seek to receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues if that hasn't happened to you yet. But let's go to Numbers in chapter 22. Numbers 22 in the Old Testament. We've got that encouragement there from Jesus Christ about sticking to the narrow path and we can find ourselves struggling at times maybe. We, we're, uh, all these, all these things that come against us and maybe they're pressuring us and they're constraining us and we're, we're starting to, uh, maybe fight against what we feel is right or what we feel is wrong or those sorts of things. Maybe we're striving, we're really pushing forward in our own strength and I guess it's that responsibility that we have that we make sure that we're not just forcing our way through with our own thoughts, but that we are really following after the Word of God, that we're following that instruction that God set down, not something that looks God-like, but that is actually the Word of God. I'm going to read here Numbers 22. We're going to talk about this chap called Balaam. Now, Balaam's not necessarily a prophet, although he he seems to kind of fall into that category because he's got a bit of a a relationship with God here in this situation, or certainly God uses him. The children of Israel have have uh, they've just come out from where they've been, um, and there's a certain guy called Balak, which is a little bit worried about this massive group of people, and that the children of Israel are going to come and overrun him and wipe him off the face of the earth. So he's gone to call on this guy called Balaam and said, Oi, come over here that you might curse these people. Um, so we're going to start reading here. Verse 22. Actually, I need to fill in a little bit more before that. Balaam has actually 
He's actually answered these people and said, I'm not going to do anything that God doesn't tell me to do. So, so he's got a really good attitude about things here. And God, they, they come back to him again and say, well, come on, come and curse these people. And he said, I'm not going to do anything that God's not going to tell me to do. And, um, so he goes and prays to God and God says, whatever they say on the next day, you can do that. But what we read here is that he doesn't actually do that. He just goes with them. They're promised him money and wealth and all these sorts of things. So he's kind of got caught up in what's gone on. So now we pick it up. Sorry there, a little bit of a preamble. Verse 22. And God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass and turned her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself unto the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, and Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with his staff. Uh, And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten thee these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would that there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever one to do unto thee? And he said, Nay. Make lots of jokes there about horses and donkeys and all that sort of thing. Now, there's also something to be said that Balaam hasn't picked up that he's actually talking to a donkey and donkeys don't actually talk at the time. So you can see he is actually quite riled up. He's in this situation where he's so frustrated, well, we can assume, so frustrated and so angry in this donkey that he's starting to talk to it and he doesn't realize it's talking back to him. Anyway, verse 31. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And there's a bit of a question there to Balaam saying, well, why did you hit your donkey? Your donkey's actually trying to save you. And in fact, if if your donkey hadn't have done what it did, then I would have killed you with sword. And we so we kind of see here a couple of things that when God gives us instruction to follow after, he actually means it. He, he's taking it quite seriously there. And um, there is going to be a day coming, Pastor Mike mentioned this, that you know we're waiting for Jesus Christ to return. And it's going to be at that day when I guess certain judgment is cast down and it's not going to be a happy place unless you've been following after God, unless you've followed in his ways and followed his commandment. And it is a simple commandment that you repent and get baptized and you receive the Holy Spirit, the signs following, and that you follow after him. It's not complicated. It's right here. It's truth. You don't have to go far away to find it. But we see for, for Balaam here, the pressure, the path that he was following on actually got narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower. And he was just trying to go, no, this is definitely the right way. I've got to go through. I've got to do it this way. This is the right way. Whereas 
the angel of the Lord, well, actually, the, the donkey stopped by the angel of the Lord was trying to actually turn him around saying, no, this isn't the right way. This isn't the right way to go. So sometimes it's about being aware that the narrow path that we're on isn't our own doing. I guess that's a big part, that we don't get caught up in thinking that um, I've got to do it this way and this is God's blessing for me. Like I said, we've always got to line it up with the word of God. And I guess in this day and age we can go to, and I can say that now because I'm, I'm 45 soon, and that's sort of like middle of life, I guess. Well, it's not even halfway of norms life there, but you kind of get to a point where you remember floppy disks. Who remembers floppy disks from computers? Who has no idea what I'm talking about? They're all out there, okay. I remember we had a choice between beta VHS, oh no, beta videos or VHS videos. I remember we used to load up our computer games with a tape instead of downloading them from the, or just, you know, appearing from wherever. All these sorts of things. I remember, now I'm sounding really old, going to the shop and you could get three lollies for a cent. Like, some of you here could probably get 100 lollies for a cent back then, am I right? No, not that much. Nowadays you can't even buy anything for a cent. I don't even think they make them. Too expensive to make a cent. So we kind of see here, I guess, we get to an era where we look back and go, the way it was, that was life, but then we're living in the way it is now, and we can jump onto the internet, we can search Google for any question that we have, and find out a hundred different answers and try and figure out things our own way. But all that is is really trying to find an answer ourselves, rather than trusting in God. And what God wants us to do is just to trust in him. He wants us to let all the questions go and just follow after him and he'll guide and direct us. That's faith there. That's where we're really putting everything out there and going, okay, you said this, God, I'm just going to follow it in simplicity. I'm going to be grateful that I don't have to go into outer space <laughs> and get the instructions from back there, then come back. Make a great movie, you know, plenty of great movies, but that's not what we have to do. We don't have to cross the oceans and go find instruction from somewhere else and, and bring it back that we can follow it. We've got it right here with us. We don't need to go anywhere else. Maybe we get caught up with worrying about other people's advice or worrying about the expectation that other people might have. But what we need to seek out is the truth for ourselves, And the truth comes from the Word of God. This is the thing that is unchangeable. This is the thing that doesn't move. It doesn't shake or twist. And hallelujah for that. I'm going to read a scripture from Proverbs. You don't need to turn there. I'll try and get there very quickly. Oh, look, right here. It just says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? The highway of the upright is to depart from evil and he that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. And so it is that instruction that we find so often throughout the word of God that to have wisdom and understanding, especially in spiritual matters, is the thing that's going to keep us on, I was going to say straight and narrow, but it's not even straight. It's actually just the narrow path. Because it's the narrow path, the path that's just simple. It's not wide. 
It, it requires effort that is going to get us to the place that we want to be. And we have to seek that out. We have to spend our time to chase after it. And praise the Lord that God brings it to us. He doesn't make it difficult. He doesn't make it challenging. He doesn't make it obscure. He actually brings it to us, but we have to put in that time and effort that we go and follow after it. Like I've said, it needs to line up with the Word of God. First Thessalonians 5 verse 21 just says, Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. And so there's times where we, I guess you get a certain amount of time in your in your walk in the Lord, believing in God, trusting in God, when maybe you have to refresh yourself about actually what the Bible says and that we actually have to go through the Word of God and spend that time and go, I actually got that wrong. I thought I remembered it right from 20 years ago when I first thought I heard it, but we have to keep on refreshing that word in our life that we make sure we're always walking in truth. Let's go to 1 Kings in chapter 19. 1 Kings 19. I guess uh, often, well, we we have life, don't we? Life happens, whether you're you're spirit-filled or not. Um, Regardless of your upbringing, regardless of your street address, regardless of... Um, any natural attribute, life happens. You know, good things happen to bad people, bad things happen to good people, vice versa, and everything in between. And I guess with or without the Holy Spirit, and you need the Holy Spirit, so we won't get that confused. Make sure you have got the Holy Spirit. But with or without the Holy Spirit, we can always try and think, well, where is the answer and where is it coming from? Where am I going to get it from and, and what am I going to look to? And we've got this example here from Elijah the prophet. We're going to read here in 1 Kings 19, uh, verse 9 we'll start reading. Uh, And he came thither unto a cave, because some crazy woman wanted to kill him, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? What's your problem? What's your issue? What are you looking for? What do you really want? You could phrase it in all those sorts of ways. God's just a little bit nicer maybe in how he says it. Verse 10, and he said, I have been very, so this is Elijah now, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only am left, and they seek to take my life to take it away. So Elijah's in a bit of a state here. No one understands my situation. I'm isolated. I'm all by myself, nothing else, you know, really matters and I'm just trying to run away and hide until it kind of maybe blows over or something. In fact, earlier on we read that his prayer was, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. So he's kind of at this point of wanting to give up. Maybe he's he's going to go to a cave and he's just going to stay there until he dies and passes away. Maybe that's his mindset. And maybe we can relate to that from time to time. When we've got issues in our life, you want to give up. You just want to run away. You just want to hide. But we'll see here it's not the answer. And so verse 11, he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still small voice. And so we see here, I guess, 
an example of contrast. You've got to see things that are, that are big and they, they appear powerful, you know, enough to break rocks and do incredible amount of damage. And maybe Elijah thought, this is it. This is when I'm going to die. Maybe this is going to, he, God's going to take my life from me and I won't have to worry anymore. But the actual real answer came in this still small voice. We'll just read it here, verse 13. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the, his mountain and went out and stood in the entering of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doeth thou here, Elijah? Now, Elijah gives the same answer, but God gives him maybe a direction to go where there's eventually an, an incredible victory there. And God reminds him that he's also not alone. That's the biggest thing, that he he's not by himself. Regardless of what you see with your own eyes, Elijah, there's actually a few thousand other people that haven't bowed down to Baal. They haven't worshipped another god. They haven't done the wrong thing. So you're not by yourself. And so... What we can really draw from that, I guess, if we're, if we're choosing a path of life, if we're choosing a path of righteousness, if we're choosing a path where there are answers, is that we don't get distracted by earthquakes happening or by big giant rocks breaking around us or by a fire rushing through. Stay out the way. That's a good idea. But make sure that we're attentive enough that we are listening for the voice of God. And that has to line up with here. Let's not get it confused that it has to be some nuanced thing that's just for us and no one else would understand because that doesn't make sense either. God gives us a clear instruction. And we have this same pattern that it's not something where we have to... God didn't come to Elijah and say, right, let's sort this thing out. You've got to climb over this mountain. You've got to survive this earthquake. You've got to survive the fires. And then I'll give you the answer. The answer just came in this still small voice. And isn't that God's victory for us? I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you, if not all of you, have have been in that place where you've had a real question upon your heart and only God would really know the extent of what that question is and he answers it. And he answers it in a way that you know for certain that God's giving you that answer. He's provided that for you. That's that still small voice and we know that it lines up with the word of God. We have that reminder in Matthew to ask and to seek and to knock, don't we? That we keep on going back to God and keep on asking him for his direction, for his blessing, that we might um, be still walking in his way. And that's, um, praise the Lord, when we have the Holy Spirit, we can pray in the Holy Spirit and there's just this incredible peace because the Holy Spirit is the comforter, isn't it? It, it brings about that comfort inside of us that we can just keep on trusting the Lord, that we don't see maybe what the answers are. We can't recognize the path to go, but all we know is that we are just going to keep on walking because God's going to make things clear. Let's go to Genesis in chapter 13. I guess I really want to uh, encourage us all today that we would make sure that we give room for God to work that we don't try and constrict him so much that it has to be this way, Lord, and it has to be that way, Lord, and I can't see any other way, Lord, unless it happens this way, um, that we don't do that because what we have to do is just trust in God. We, the scripture in Luke 18 verse 8 just says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
shall he find faith on earth? We have to be in that position that we can, we have got that faith in God, that regardless of the life that's coming against us, that we have faith in God, that he's going to take care of all of our needs. And we're going to read this this great story here, um, the beginning of incredible promises here. Genesis 13 and verse 1. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and in silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even unto Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Hay. Verse 4. Unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the lamb was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was so great, so they could not dwell together. Um, and there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled in the land. And so we've got this particular situation of, of Abram, and he's, he's taken Lot with him, and they're both incredibly blessed, um, so much so that they really need to find a little bit more space to be able to um, control things there. So we read Abram's example. Uh, verse 8 says, And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. And if thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Very kind thing to do. You go first. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plains, and pitched his tent towards Sodom, Big mistake, we won't go there. But the men of Sodom were wicked and the sinners before the Lord exceedingly. So we, we had this situation here where you're hanging out with family, you've got too many kids in the house, too many cats and dogs running around the yard, and you need to kind of separate yourself out. And instead of, I guess, Abram being, Abram being the elder and maybe um, the senior figure, he could have just said, I'm going this way, you need to go that way and, and deal with it kind of thing. He went, Lot. You choose where you want to go, and I'll go the other direction. And Lot, for whatever reason, saw the green grass and went there. That's what he chased after. That's what he saw. And I guess you can only read that the other way wasn't maybe as green, wasn't as lush, maybe it wasn't going to be as many natural provisions there. And this is where we get to the point of just trusting in God. Whatever happens, happens, and I'm going to trust in you, God. Let's let's keep on reading here. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed be also numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abraham removed his, uh, his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, 
which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. And so we see here, wherever Abram was going to be, that's where the blessing was going to be, because he followed after God. And I guess that's that's what we should really take away from these kinds of stories here, is that when we make the decision just to follow after God's way and God's path, that he will bless us, in the natural it might not seem to be a good thing. In the natural it might not seem to be the wisest or the best decision. But when we put our trust in God, God will make it a blessing. He will make wherever you are an amazing thing. He will make your your life amazing, your work amazing, your family amazing because you're following after God. And it might not seem normal. It might not seem um, natural. It might not seem the popular opinion. But when we put our trust in God, it's the right decision. There's also that choice there, I guess, that Lot made to go the other way where the grass was greener. Now I don't think there's any grass there at all. And I guess our responsibility is to make sure that we choose spiritual safety over natural whatever. Our, our spiritual walk and our walk with the Lord should be number one. We don't want to gamble with that. We don't want to um, throw that away. We don't want to make it a hit and miss type of thing. We want to make sure that that's where we keep our responsibility and our blessing because everything else will be taken care of. A couple of scriptures just to finish up. Let's go to Psalms uh, chapter 16. It's three one verse here. It's in verse 11. Um, that would show me the path of life and in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Um, we know David went through a fair amount in his life, some of his own doing, some of of other people, but I guess this simple prayer was here, show me the path of life. That's where I want to be. I want to be on the path of life because I know that that's where joy is and I know that that where that's where true pleasures are. Not natural pleasures, but spiritual pleasures. Hard to spring those words together. That last forevermore. Let's also go over to Psalms 119. Just a hundred chapters over or so. Psalm 119, we'll start reading here in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto my testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in all thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. And also just over to verse 105, it just says here, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So I guess it's just this prayer that David had and maybe a a prayer that we should have as well that God is always guiding us and directing us and that we're aware of his guidance and his direction and that we're seeking after wisdom and that we're seeking after righteousness, that we're looking into the word to make sure the path that we're walking on is true, is correct, it's, it's, it's a good thing. 
because ultimately we want to make sure that we make that choice between good and evil and that the choice is good and that it's for life everlasting. And I'll leave it there. All the people said? Amen. Amen.